this morning. It's been a it's been a fun week, right? We've had some opportunities this week to serve God and just continue to remind ourselves that a little bit of weather doesn't stop God's people from being God's people, right? Because that's all we got was a little bit of weather. You know, I've noticed that when it comes to weather, it's all about perspective. Do you think Noah would have balked at what happened Monday? Probably not. He would have been like, yeah, I remember back when I was 97 or however old I was when God flooded the world. That little bit of 15 inches, man, that barely get the boat off the ground. We'd be remiss by not saying thank you so much to everyone who was involved in prayers, help, passing out supplies, whatever it is that you were a part of this last week with the disaster relief. You know that we passed out two full truckloads, uh, one on Wednesday and one on Friday. That was a good thing, and that through various social media outlets, we actually had impact on 6,000 people in the community. That's 6,000 people that didn't know Enterprise Boulevard's name before this last week. Let that sink in for a second. That's a big deal. Also want to thank everybody for all the help that we received yesterday getting everything moved into the house. I noticed that you guys were really good at putting the stuff in the house and then leaving. <laughs> Nobody wanted to unpack it for us, apparently. But if you did, Miss Ina, you unpacked it and then hid my mug. <laughs> but we're thankful for all of that. Want to remind everyone that thanks to thanks Austin and your wife's name is Marcy. Thank you guys for setting this up. We're doing a singing tonight at 7:30 here at the building. If you haven't gotten that on your calendar, I'd encourage you to be here for that and also remind you next month we're starting back with evening devotionals on Sunday at 6 p.m. And we're going to be doing something real special as we move forward. So just keep your eye open on the joie de vivre that's in the bulletin and what we put on the Facebook page through all of that. You know, for the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at what it means to be a family. We talked about what it means to be united or unified by God through his spirit and how we are called to work at the maintenance of that unity as we're working together in the spirit. We talked about how we do this by being with each other, spending time with each other, that growth happens in community. Discipleship happens in community. And last week we talked about mutually supporting each other in times of weakness and vulnerability when we find ourselves under attack through all of it. This week I'd like to talk about this very subject as we close out our series on family and spiritual family and talk about the benefits that come and the blessings that come from being a part of something bigger than ourselves and acting out what God's purpose is for all of us. Because I think it would be easy to fall into a trap to say, wow, Jeremy, that was all fantastic stuff that you talked about the last few weeks. It's a good thing that's all there is. And we really don't have to worry about anything else that's out there. And I completely understand the whole concept of being, finding yourself becoming complacent with people that you're comfortable with, right? Remember that first week challenge and I asked you guys to not sit in your pew? And how uncomfortable it made you? And maybe that you were, your complacency was a little bit rocked, except for the north and south side, which all they did was just switch sides. But we get complacent when we are constantly around people that we're comfortable with. And I think that that's a good thing, don't misunderstand me, to be with people we're comfortable with, but we're called to come outside of that circle. 
to not be so exclusionary in our thought process that we get so comfortable with being around people that that's the only people that we're ever going to be around. That God has called us actually to be the exact opposite, that everything that we are, everything that God has done for us is not without a purpose. If you look at Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, I know we're all probably pretty familiar with this verse, but let's read it again in the context of what we're looking at in terms of community, family, and spiritual growth. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Look at the vision that Jesus is presenting here of how God's people operate and work. Think about it for a second, because it is being presented in such a fashion that we actually do have a choice on how we present God to the world that we find ourselves living in. See, God designed his people to be this beacon of light, and that light is going to shine. All right, understand that. That's light's purpose. That's what light does. It shines. It's going to go out there. But there's those folks that will say, well, I understand that that's what light is supposed to do. I'm going to hide that light. I'll put it under a bushel. Guys, do we think that the light shut off just because a basket is over it? Or does the light continue to shine? The light continues to be what light is. We can choose to try and hide it, but that does not get rid of the light. And so that applies to us, I think, individually and corporately. When I say corporately, just talking about body life here. We can make those choices as individuals to try and hide the light. And maybe even try and fool ourselves into thinking that we're getting rid of the light and we don't have to worry about it. We could also be making that choice as a body of believers here at Boulevard. But God put this light, us, in this house, the world, if we want to be a little bit more specific, Lake Charles, for the purpose of giving that light to all. So like a light on a lampstand, that light is meant to shine out from us. And it's interesting to think about light. Let's pretend that my thumb is the light. Which direction does that light shine? 360 degrees, right? Everywhere, it goes out all over. Do I get to choose which direction I point the light? That's not how it works. The light shines, and it is meant to go everywhere. You know, it's, it's funny. You ever come across a section, you ever been in Lowe's? Our son, Justice, and I, it's been a while. We bought the house in Iowa, and we were, we were going to buy some lights because my wife loves light, okay? Yeah, she was raised in a house by a man who was legally blind, and there were lights everywhere in this house. And so if you found yourself sitting somewhere reading by daylight, he would come along and turn the lamp on just to make sure you could see a little bit better. She loves having light in the house. And so we knew we were going to have to put 50 bajillion light fixtures in this house when we made the purchase of it. And so our son and I, we were in the Lowe's lighting section and we're walking through and then all of a sudden we hit that motion sensor and all the lights in that aisle came on. There was no doubt we were in the lighting section at Lowe's. Okay? Is there any doubt when you're around people that you're the lighting section?
That's how God designed us to be. The motion sensor goes off and the light comes out. And I think one of the hindrances we have in this, oh, too far. I think one of the hindrances we have in fulfilling God's vision in our individual lives and in a corporate sense or in a body sense is that we have a lot of misconceptions about how dark the world actually is. I'd like to, let's just go by a show of hands. How many of us believe that the majority of Americans have a good grasp on things eternal? Because we live in America, right? Everybody knows about Jesus, right? I'm going to share some information with you that came from the 2020 Lifeway Research State of American Theology Report. We're not going to go through the whole report. It's lengthy. You can look it up online. I encourage you to read it if you have not already. They do it about every four or five years, and so this is the most recent data that they've come up with on the state of American theology. And this was the question that was asked. The Bible has the authority to tell us what we must do. Now, I, you probably can't read all of the numbers, so I'll read them to you. 28% of Americans polled strongly agreed with that statement. 9% weren't sure. 23% strongly disagreed. What about this one? The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. 20 people strongly agreed with that statement, 20%. 11% said not sure. Here's a number we should be paying attention to. 26% strongly disagreed. Even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Fourteen percent strongly agreed with that statement. Fifty-four percent strongly disagreed with that statement. But everybody knows about Jesus. And everybody knows the con what the consequence of sin is, too. That clear up some misconceptions we might have about the state of darkness of the world that we're living in? We live in the dark. And there are a lot of people stumbling around in the dark and desperate for light. So let's not assume that just because we live in America, everybody knows about Jesus and everybody knows what God's plan is for them and what he has accomplished through his son. See, our, I'm, I'm convinced that our society purports to love God and the Bible, but they're a little fuzzy on the details. Misconceptions hinder us. I think another thing that hinders us in our mission and reaching the loss is that we feel inadequate to the task because we're, we feel weak or we might have some self-defined weaknesses uh, within us and so we don't feel qualified to be light because of failure and we fail. 
And let's just be upfront with each other on this one. We do fail. But do we understand that because of the blood of Christ, failure doesn't disqualify us from being light? In fact, it just gives us almost something to boast about, which I'll get to here in a second. But turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and look at what Paul says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 26. He says, Consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world, and the despised things. God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. So that no man may boast before God, but by, doing, but by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. This is how God set this up. He chose us, not because we're high and mighty, not because we're awesome, even though some of you are. Well, all of you are. Let's just. He chose us because of who he is. And he took something so simple, like Jeremy, and made him into something greater than what he could have been by himself. It, he, let's just, all right, guys, you look at Jeremy, and I got plenty of failure in the past. I'll probably got plenty of failure in the future, too. But because of God and what he has accomplished through Jesus, those failures don't define me. It's Jesus that defines me. It doesn't, and it doesn't even nullify the light that God has put into this world. If anything, I'm able to boast in those weaknesses and then boast in the Lord and what he's able to accomplish through me. Right, go back to our reading from 1 Samuel that Bud gave to us this, this morning. Think about this for a second. David ap approaches the field battle. He's out there, he's heard the Philistines taunts, he's heard all of these different things, but David has a perception of what life looks like as God's man, and he says, you know what? I know that God's glory is not shown through my strength. I know that what I can accomplish is nothing compared to what God can accomplish through me. And so he comes out here, thank you, bud, for actually putting some inflection in the Philistine's voice. I often hear it as that VeggieTales scene. Hey, boy, a dog. But the Philistine comes out and he's like, well, you must think very little of me. So here's the deal, little boy. I'm going to feed your corpse to the birds of the air and the buzzards. And then he curses David by the Philistine gods. And understand, he had been cursing God this whole time too. It's not just David. But look at what David says. This is interesting to me. He says, hey, you've come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. And you're a big boy. You can almost imagine David thinking in the back of his head, and if it was just me, I don't know if I'd be standing out here in front of you, man. He said, you come to me with the weapons of war. You come running your mouth like you're somebody. And I'm just a little, I'm just a little shepherd. Yep, I've had my, my trials and my struggles, but here's what's going to happen, Goliath. I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And God will deliver you up into my hand. I'm going to strike you down. 
I'm going to cut off your head. And it's not just you that we're going to feed to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts, but we're going to feed your entire army to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts. And the whole reason we're going to do this, or excuse me, the whole reason God is going to do this, we're, David's just a tool here, guys. God's doing the work. David's just putting boots on the ground and accomplishing God's purpose. And the whole goal for all of this is so that the earth will know that there is a God. So that this, is, this assembly will know that there is a God. Did David boast about his military prowess and all of that? In fact, my understanding of David, at least at this point, is he didn't have a whole lot of military experience. He understood how to deal with lions and bears. But he didn't boast about what he could do. He didn't boast about all of his past accomplishments and everything else that would be out there. Because let's just be upfront with the text. If he had done that, would he have seen the success that he had? I don't think he would have. But because he says, God is going to do this, and I'm just going to operate in this place and in this time because this is where God put me, there will be success. We cannot boast on our own. We cannot boast in the things that we think we're great at because that is nothing but weakness. We actually have no right to boast on that weakness that comes just only from ourselves. But we can, and we should be, boasting in what the Lord has accomplished for us and what the Lord does through us. You see the difference? Because who receives the glory when I boast on my accomplishments? I do. But who receives the glory when we boast on God's accomplishments? That's being light. That's shining out to those who are around us. That we can boast because of what God has accomplished on our behalf. Because here's the deal, guys. By a show of hands, how many of us think we have it all together? We may not have it all together, but you know what we do have? Together we have it all. That we can be who God calls us to be through all of this. A little bit of weather doesn't stop us from being light. A little bit of challenges doesn't stop us from being who God's people should be. And I think when we fully embrace this idea and accept it, and act on it, as Bud said earlier, give it some legs, that light shines brighter. Bushel comes up a little bit higher. We continue to serve the Lord in the community that he's put us in, as individuals and as a family. Like Charles is the house. We're the lampstand. Now whether we choose to fulfill God's vision for his people or not, he, God loves us enough to leave that choice to us. We can make that choice. 
But I'm convinced, based on what I've seen just in four weeks, that we're able to accomplish that. I'm convinced of that. We put off self. We put on Christ. And that's where it begins. Because God's purpose for humanity was not built upon our accomplishments and our achievements. The prophet Isaiah will tell us that any type of self-perceived righteousness that we would bring to the table, God just views as filthy rags. There's no way that we're going to be able to get to the point where God's going to look at us and say, you're good to go on our own power. And knowing that and understanding what's going on in his creation, God sends his son to this earth so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Not what we're doing. I appreciated Chris's class these last few weeks. He has been hammering that. And if you've been missing those classes, that's to your detriment. That it is not what we do, but what God has accomplished through his son, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we follow him in those steps by faith. We die. We're buried in the waters of baptism and we are raised a new creature. And like Chris said this morning, I don't know what happens in the water. Okay? I don't. But what I do know is that when you're raised out of that water, there ain't no sin on you anymore. That you've clean and been cleansed, added to the body of believers, made light. You once were darkness, but now become light. And if you haven't done that, we encourage you. Take those steps. Be made light. It's God's purpose for you. Perhaps you find yourself struggling, needing some help. As a, as a member of the family, as a member of the body here at Boulevard, just really needing some support, some encouragement. You find yourself weak, vulnerable. You're under attack and need the mutual support from your brothers and sisters. This is another opportunity as we stand and sing the song that Hank's got for us to acknowledge those things, to acknowledge your sinful state and be baptized for forgiveness, to acknowledge the struggles that you're having and receive support from the family, to sit with the elders and receive counsel from them. Whatever it is that we can do for you, we encourage you to make that known while we stand and sing. <clears throat>